Howdy, and welcome to the Creating Knowledge Income podcast with Paul Erickson. Hey, that's me! You're listening to the Creating Knowledge Income podcast with the best host in the world, Paul Erickson. Was that good, Dad? And yes, I said howdy. I'm originally from Arizona, and we howdy just as well as anybody. And howdy means, how are you doing? And I don't mean that in a passing sense. We, you know, ask people, hey, how are you doing? And I don't really care for the answer. I'm not like that. I really want to know how you're doing out there. And any way that I can help serve you and be a blessing to you, I want to know. So at the end of the podcast, you'll know exactly It'll be shared with you how you can do that. But I want to welcome you and thank you so much for tuning in today because this is the inaugural broadcast of the Creating Knowledge Income podcast. So thank you for joining. Now, before we get into the topic of this podcast, which is gratitude, before we do that, it probably is important for me to share with you what in the world Creating Knowledge Income is about. Creating Knowledge Income is me helping you find your skill or knowledge, that the, the thing that you're really good at, how to take that and turn it into passive income. Now, usually I do that through online courses. I have a background in online learning, and I love, love, love helping people, and I love helping businesses, entrepreneur, uh, the entrepreneur, entrepreneur mindset, serial entrepreneurs, and, and so on. And so I want to be there for you. And taking your skill and knowledge and showing you how to do that is is what I love to do. Now, passive income, that's a phrase that's been thrown around quite a bit lately. And uh, trust me, there is nothing passive about passive income. Uh, It is uh, an activity and it requires uh, your persistence and drive and so on and so forth. So there's nothing passive about it. What that means is is very simply that the ability to give you omnipresence or the ability to multiply or clone your abilities. So for example, one of my side hustles is teaching voice lessons. I've been a choir director. I give personal voice or in other words, singing lessons and so on. But the, the problem with that is there's only one of me. So I can only teach one student at a time. Sometimes I can teach two at a time, but that can be oftentimes distracting and and I can't really give the best attention to my student. And I can teach a choir and so on, but I can only be in that location physically one place at a time. And so if I were to take that idea and turn that into, okay, now how do I take this skill that I have, this knowledge about singing that I have, how can I, how can I turn that into um, passive income? Well, what I can do is I can create an online course. And, uh, and, and that enables me to be in more than one place at a time. Many people at the same time around the world can take that course and learn how to sing with confidence. And so that's one way that I can give myself omnipresence or being in more more than one place at a time. So, but it takes work to do that. You know, you've got to develop the course material and 
have a way to be able to engage with students that have questions, and we can do that online now. It's, it's tremendous. So that's what that's all about, is taking your skill or knowledge, turning it into passive income through online courses in particular. Uh, and we'll talk more about this in the future, but let me just put the bellows to the fire and stoke it by saying the online learning industry is expected to become a billion dollar a day industry by the year 2025. You heard that right, a billion dollar a day industry by 2025. It probably, under the current conditions, uh, I would, I, I think it's safe to assume that that's going to accelerate because right now we're in the middle of, this is the first day of April, <laughs> no joke, and we are going through the uh, coronavirus and all of that. So, so people are staying home, hopefully. Um, don't go out unless you need to, that sort of thing. And, you know, it's an interesting time to start a podcast because podcast listenership is actually down. People aren't commuting. Uh, gyms are closed. So a lot of times people listen to, I, I know I do, I listen to podcasts and audiobooks and so on while I'm working out at the gym. And so it's, you know, podcast listenership is down, but I'm okay with that. I think it's more important to get something out there and get something done and get things started. So, so that's why we're here. In the future, we'll talk more specifically about how I can help you take your skill and knowledge and turn that into passive income or just topics on entrepreneurship and so on. Now, as I mentioned before, today's topic is on the topic of gratitude. Now, why is that? Well, typically, we express gratitude, not always, but, but oftentimes we express gratitude at the end of something, a service or a favor that has been rendered. You hold the door. For example, I hold the door for a lady. She walks through and hopefully she says, thank you. And that's because I did something for her. Or uh, we visit friends for dinner, and when we're all done and we're ready to go home, we say, well, thank you so much for, um, for opening your home to us and so on. After, now, yes, sometimes we walk in and we say thank you for having us over at the beginning and so on, but typically we follow up with the thank you. Well, there is a story behind this, of course, but let me sum this up by saying I think we don't express enough gratitude in our culture today. We need to be a thankful people. It's really important. And, and I think we're starting to understand that during the coronavirus, because we realize how many things we take for granted. So now we are saying thank you to our, and we should, to our healthcare workers, to doctors, nurses, folks who, I mean, orderlies, folks that work in hospitals that are putting themselves in harm's way in order to take care of us as a society. After 9-11, we expressed a lot of gratitude for our fire and police, first responders, military, and so on, that, that gratitude increased, and it should. Gratitude is a very healthy thing to have indeed. So today we're going to talk about why that's important and practical steps that we can all take to have a better thankful attitude. And not just you know, we, we do this with our kids sometimes. Well, just be thankful. Well, it's not that easy. It's kind of like telling somebody who has a lot of anxiety and worry to, to, to just calm down. Don't worry about it. Does that work? 
<laughs> Does that work for you when you're stressed out about something? No, it doesn't. And there are better and, and more practical ways to help with that. And so we're going to talk about that. All right. Being grateful, having gratitude, being thankful, having the attitude gratitude, whatever you want to call it, attitude of gratitude, whatever you want to call it, is vital. Because if nothing else, it helps your dopamine levels. You heard that right. So when I am stressed out about something, and, and I'm not just, uh, you know, I practice what I preach. I'm not just shouting this into the air. When I'm stressed out about something, um, I, I use that as a mental bookmark to help me recognize that, you know, maybe I need to think about something I'm grateful for. There are times when I'm mumbling about something under, you know, muttering under my breath about something that I'm, I'm frustrated with or whatever. And, you know, th this happens in traffic, right? We're in traffic and traffic's not moving as fast as we want. Well, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And I'll look over and my wife, uh, you know, maybe we've got the kids in the car with us and my wife will, will say, thankfully, she will say, okay, what's everybody thankful for? And we, it's a check. It's a mental check. Oh, okay. Um, what am I thankful for? And we think about, uh, we have to think about what we're, something that we're thankful for. Now, it's no strings attached. I don't have to, you know, think of, uh, you know, I, well, I'm thankful for you, honey. <laughs> and, and that is true. I'm very thankful for my wife. But it's no strings attached. I mean, you know, we're driving, if we're driving down the road, and it's a particularly beautiful sky, maybe it's at sunset or something like that. I, I happen to love clouds. I'll look up and I'll say, I, I am thankful for clouds. I am, I'm thankful for the day today. Zig Ziglar used to say, hey, if today isn't a great day, just try missing one of them, right? <laughs> so there's a lot to be thankful for. And in particular, during this time with the coronavirus, I think it's important for us to think about those things that we take for granted and to be thankful for those things, because that is what is going to help get us through this as a culture, as a nation, as wherever you're listening, as, as whatever country you are in, if you happen to be outside of the United States. So think of something to be thankful for today. Um, so, and, and I'm sure that you're starting to understand that, yeah, there are a lot of things that we take for granted, and those things that we take for granted are things that we can be thankful for. Uh, you know, I'm going to say this tongue-in-cheek, but are we not thankful for toilet paper? <laughs> Have we not learned to become thankful for toilet paper? It's ridiculous that we've gotten to this point. But really, we should be thankful for, for things like that. Thankful for... Uh, having food and having good food. Hey, if you know how to cook, the ability to cook and make good food to make your mouth happy, right? Um, and and we could go on and on. Uh, I know some of you are are homeschooling now, and that's a shift for you. We are homeschoolers. We have been for some time, so this isn't really a change for us. But I, you know, when that's something that's new for you, and you're not used to having all of these warm bodies in the house all together at the same time for hours on end. It can be unnerving. And thinking about what can you be thankful for in your spouse, in your kids, um, and so on. Maybe you have family that, that lives with you, how you can be thankful for them and express gratitude for them. That's important. You know what? We'll talk about this, but I, I really encourage you to get a journal. And 
for years I thought, you know, I should get a journal. Maybe I'll start writing, you know, diary to myself or just notes or whatever. Nothing, you know. And I put it off and put it off. And I so regret that. My journal doesn't leave my side. I love it. Now, why am I going there about the journal? Well, here's why. Because every day I write down five things that I'm thankful for. Now, they don't have to be, uh, you know, real profound sounding. So just to give you an example, uh, you know, today's April 1st. So it was easy in a sense because I wrote down, I, I'm thankful for humor. I love things that make me laugh, which made me think, well, you know, I'm thankful for laughter. I love hearing um, when our family laughs, hearing my kids laugh and so on. I love making people laugh. I love the sound of laughter. Um, I'm, I'm thankful for um, Amazon.com. I mean, seriously, I, we, uh, you know, and other services, I'm not just singling them out. I'm, uh, any service that is uh, a delivery service today, I am thankful for them. And hey, if you're a delivery driver, I am thankful for you very much. Uh, we, we've used services like that for a long time. Um, so it's not really anything new for us. But we took those things for granted, delivery drivers and so on. Hey, I'm thankful for you. You keep it up, buddy. I'm really, really proud of you. Thank you. Um, I'm thankful for cleanliness. We spent the day yesterday uh, just kind of picking up things around the house so we don't drive ourselves crazy, you know, looking at, at, at laundry that needs to be done or, or floors that need to be mopped, so on. It's, it's nice having a clean house. And I was thankful for that. Hey, I wrote that down. I, I'm thankful for my MacBook computer. Um, I'm thankful for green tea, which I happen to have in the glass right beside me here. Right? Um, it, yes, it's iced and it's sweetened, and it's sweetened with stevia. I like it. Shoot me. So I take those things that I just think of off the top of my head in the morning when I get up as part of my morning routine, and I get out my journal and I write today's date and I write five things, and then I just write five things. Nothing, nothing fancy, not sentences or just, just bullet points. And um, maybe there are people that you know, maybe, maybe you look outside and it's a beautiful morning and you say, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for the sunrise, thankful for the birds I hear, uh, I'm thankful for running water in the house, you know, indoor plumbing, I mean, you name it, you can think of it. Um, and, and it doesn't, it's just no guilt having, the, having a journal. You just write down stream of consciousness, whatever comes to mind. Now, why is that important? Why should you care about that? Well, I alluded to it earlier. Having a thankful attitude is important because one thing it does is it ups your dopamine level. In other words, it makes you feel better. Seriously, there's science behind that. Writing those five things down gets your mind activated in the morning, puts you in a grateful attitude at the start of the day when it's most important, helps you think through problems even. Um, as I said, it ups your endorphins and, or excuse me, your dopamine level, helps you feel better. Uh, the benefits are just, are there. And then retroactively, you have a, a historical a historical and historical. Well, whatever works for you, whatever sounds better. <laughs> There's a historical reference that you can go to. You can go back in time through your journal, especially when you're discouraged and you need that pick me up. You can go back and look at the things that you that you wrote down. 
that you were thankful for and be reminded of those things. Practical thing you can do, get a journal, write down things that you're thankful for. Now, as far as, let me just say this about journaling also. I bought a really nice journal. I, I, I didn't want just some paper notebook or, or a steno pad or something like that. I got something that has a leather cover and I'm holding it, I'm holding it right here. It's got a nice um, uh, bookmark and a, a nice little strap that helps keep it closed that you put around it when you're done, you know, elastic strap. And my my daughter for Christmas bought me a set. Uh, I've always chafed against mechanical pencils because they're problematic. Just give me a regular old pencil. But she spent the money and got a really nice one. Now it's not like metal or anything like that, but, but a better quality mechanical pencil. And I love the thing. So, and plus it has a clip on the side that allows me to clip it to my, to my journal where before I just kind of had to keep a pencil around and it would roll away and get lost and so on. So uh, I really love that. By doing that, I, I have some skin in the game, so to speak, where I want to write things down in the journal and I love it. The other thing is it's totally guilt-free. Tell yourself, give yourself permission. You know what? I didn't write in my journal today, but that's all right. I'm okay. Um, but it's handy to keep around on the nightstand. Doesn't take batteries. You get an idea. At three in the morning, you wake up, you write it down, and because you wrote it down, you can go back to bed and sleep knowing that you're not going to forget because you just took a note. Um, and, you know, the power goes out, no problem. Pencil still works, paper still works, and I'm a tech guy. I love tech. But the journal is just nice because it's right there. It's always on, always ready. I can sketch, take notes, very organic, and I, and I love that. And, and I'm using it right now for my notes uh, so I'm thankful for my journal. Notes for this podcast are right here. Get a journal. Think about things we take for granted. That helps to, to write down to start with. You know, make a list of those things. Write five things every day and so on. And, and that, is, that goes a long way. Now, related to that, I, I mentioned mental bookmarks before. I, I, that's a big phrase with me. When I give uh, voice lessons and working with a student, helping them, maybe they're, they're having trouble with pitch, and I help them and I give them some exercises on how to nail that pitch, how to hear it in their head before they sing it and nail it. Uh, or maybe something about their, the quality of their voice, the timbre, the tone of their voice, and so on. And we'll practice through that, and we'll work on these exercises, and then once they get it, and everything clicks, the mental and the mechanical all click, and they, and they make this beautiful tone, and it's right on pitch, and so on and so forth. And I'll say to them, okay, now make a mental bookmark of how that felt, how it sounded, everything, the experience of it, and let's do it again. Now, that's really key. That's true not just with singing, but with life. Something that you're thankful for, write it down, or make a mental bookmark of it, particularly those victories you have. You know, maybe um, maybe at work uh, you get a raise or a promotion or you did something and you got a big kudo from the team, the boss or whatever. And you um, uh, or in business as an entrepreneur, you got a new client, you know, that client led to you, you got a new client that actually led to several clients or uh, you, you had a breakthrough in what you were doing for a client or um, you know, you, you could go on and on. Those, those big victories that, you, you know, we, we tend to remember the events, those big events in life. We don't remember the day-to-day -day mundane things. 
I mean, if we really thought about what we did last week, sure, we could kind of reconstruct it, but we typically don't think in that way. We tend to think of those the speed bumps in life, both good and bad, that happen, and they, um, they, they, th- those are the things that we remember, those, those events. I don't remember how many dishes I washed last week. I don't remember every meal that I ate. But I do remember some of those times of laughter when we sat down together as a family, and maybe a joke that was told, um, an expression on a family member's face, um, you know, piano recitals with you know with the with the kids and and singing recitals and and so on and so forth. Those those events. So when you have those events that that go well, make a mental bookmark of that. Hey, this went well. If you had even if you just had an awesome day, you know, it wasn't that it, that I made a million dollars today. It wasn't that I you know, solved the world's problems, came up with a cure for coronavirus today or anything like that. But today was a good day. I I got done pretty much everything on my to-do list and had some good calls and made some connections and had some time with my with myself to be able to to plan and just kind of do do a brain dump and clear my thinking and so on and so forth and whatever. Today was a good day. Make a mental bookmark of that. And now, David Goggins, if you don't know who he is, you can, you can look him up on Wikipedia. The, the dude's a beast, and uh, I, I uh, listened to his audiobook, Can't, uh, Can't Hurt Me. And uh, yes, he swear, swears like the sailor that he is, but there's a lot of great lessons that he shares as well. So fair warning there, but, um, but I'm thankful for him, his example, his service, and uh, that's all I'll say about that for now. One thing that he talks about is the mental cookie jar. Now, his, his cookie jar, if you will, is both, con- contains both positive and negative uh, cookies, if you will. So what he means by the cookie jar is... He, he explains that when he was a child, his mom had a cookie jar um, and that, that she would sneak goodies in and so on and so forth for him and his brother to find. And he, that was one of his fond childhood memories. And he took that metaphor into his adult life, meaning that when he was uh, doing SEAL training, which of course is difficult, or when he's running an ultra marathon and so on, um, there are things that he can he can mentally go into his mental cookie jar and, and those things those cookies and pull out both positive ones the victories that he's had in the past hey I've done I've been through worse I can make it through this or positive ones hey this this when I when I tried something this difficult before I was successful so there's no reason why I can't do this so positive ones as well as negative ones I've been through way worse or uh, even getting himself in, uh, as he calls, grrr, animal mode, <laughs> you know, uh, he needs to power through an ultra marathon or his SEAL training and so on and so forth, where he would go back in the past in his mind and, and maybe maybe his, um, his abusive father, he would, he would um, remember that. And it was, this was his way of getting back at him in so many words, or maybe bullies and so on. So they're positive and negative. But, but for our purposes here in talking about gratitude, certainly I, I like that metaphor because, or the mental bookmark or cookie jar, whatever you want to call it, because what it does is it gives you 
an anchor to, to go to in your mind and say, hey, I can do this because I've done it before. Or this other person I know has done it before. There's no reason why I can't do it too. Uh, or something to be thankful for, like, you know, um, I remember my wedding day. And what a great day that was. Um, and the, the nervousness and the anticipation. I, I tell you, the most nerve-wracking thing I've ever done, one, one of the most nerve-wracking things I've ever done, was singing on my wedding day. And we look back at that. We're thankful for that day, of course. And, and the smile that comes to my face when I think about that, even as I'm talking about it, I'm smiling because I'm thankful. So you have, what, what are your mental bookmarks or your cookie jar, whatever you want to call it? You know, uh, we also call it counting your blessings and so on. And that's not just a song that, that we sing in church. It's not just platitudes. It's not just... Uh, um, you know, some some silly metaphor. It's true. It's real. It works. There's science behind it. You think of something to be thankful for, particularly in a stressed out moment, and that will launch you through the next whatever it is you need to get through. You got a difficult phone call you got that you need to make. Take a moment. Go in. You know, find that mental bookmark of gratitude. Something you're thankful for. Get a smile on your face and make that call. Don't wait around. You need to think of the thing to be thankful for and then right away make that call. Or somebody you have to confront and it's not going to be a pleasant thing. Think of something to be thankful for and then go in. There was a difficult situation that I was in about 10 years ago where I had to confront somebody who was in authority over me and I was not looking forward to it. But there was something that I was thankful for that had direct, I can't go into details, but, but something that had direct correlation with talking to this person. And it was a mental bookmark that was brought up right before, actually the night before this, this uh, meeting. And I went into that meeting and at first forgot about it. And as the thing was going on, you know, stress level was a little high. And, and then that was brought to my mind. And my attitude changed immediately, tangibly. I mean, I could feel my stress level going down. If my, if my face was red, it wasn't anymore. I could just feel, I don't know if it was or not, but, but I could just feel the tension drop because I had thought of this thing, this mental bookmark that it gave me strength for that moment. Gratitude can give you strength. It can give you uh, serenity, peace, whatever you want to call it. It's important to take those things and, and, uh, and use them um, in your everyday life. So having a journal, those mental bookmarks or cookie jar, whatever you want to call that. Expressing gratitude. We don't do it enough. We just don't do it enough. The art of the thank you note is, is uh, sadly becoming a lost art. And I, for one, have tried to keep that alive in my business. If I get a new client, I send them a card, a physical card, not a, not a, um, not an email. It's too easy to do an email. A thank you card takes effort. It takes a stamp. It takes your hand touching a physical object, a pen or a pencil, putting it down on paper on a note card, and and expressing your gratitude to that person for whatever it is. Somebody has you over for dinner. Write them a thank you note. Maybe it's a neighbor and you don't have to mail it. Well, write them a thank you note, stick it in an envelope, and shove it in their door if you, if you can. 
um, or mail it, you know, whatever. But you're taking time to express gratitude in a way that people typically don't. Now, how is that going to be perceived? Well, you're going to be putting something in their mental bookmarks that they're going to go back and remember. And I keep those when people send them to me. Um, it's and, and they're particularly meaningful to me. Um, I gave a speech some time ago, and uh, years ago, and somebody wrote me a thank you note, just handwritten and mailed it to me and said, you know, you really brought this topic to life. It meant so much to me. It was such an encouragement. Well, what did that do for me? Here I am talking about it because that person made my day because they took the time to write a note to me to say thank you. And I try to do that whenever I can, when it's appropriate. Like I say, getting a new client or um, maybe you, you uh, get a new business partner and you uh, celebrate the success of launching a new product or service. Take the time to write your partner a note. Now that's going to go a long way and it's going to help keep things established and, and good between you and your business partner. Um, hey, why not write your spouse a thank you note? Don't, don't try to be sappy and, you know, don't try to manufacture gratitude, but just keep it simple and say, you know, I was just thinking how thankful I am for you today and thought you should know that. That's all. Write your kids thank you notes. Write your parents thank you notes. Even your neighbors. You know, if people did that more, certainly wouldn't that change our attitudes? Wouldn't that change our culture in a good way? Is there anything bad about expressing gratitude? I don't think so. Now, I'm not saying be weird and awkward, you know, <laughs> but taking the time to express gratitude in an appropriate way uh, whenever you can, particularly going through a difficult time, uh, express gratitude. I I say to my kids, you know, I'll see one of them struggling maybe with school, with homework, or just having kind of one of those down days. And I'll say to them, hey, come here. And, and I'll give them a hug. And what do they do? They hug back. But, and I'll say to them, now, how did you know I needed a hug? And they'll just look at me, oh, dad, you know. You know, it's just something that we do. Of course, I recognize that that she needed a hug. And so I, I decided to hug her. But of course, she hugged me back. That's how hugs work. Gratitude is very similar. By expressing your gratitude to somebody, you're going to make their day. Now, won't that help make your day? And maybe sometime they will repay you in kind. But we don't give gratitude to expect gratitude in return. We should just give gratitude without expecting anything in return at all. Just do it because it's a good thing to do. And because it's the right thing to do. Now, there is a backstory to all of this, why I'm so big on gratitude. Years ago, well, I was, I was uh, 19 years old, in fact, and at the time I was attending a church uh, that had this um, young couple. They had a couple of young, just toddler kids. They owned a business. They had nothing to do with cutting hair, but the wife was a licensed beautician and because of that, everybody in the church pretty much went to her to get their hair done, men and women alike. And, and uh, she didn't set a price. People just gave out of whatever they felt they um, wanted to give. And I, I was no exception. I went 
to them. Uh, I was new to the church, and so uh, I started figuring out, hey, people go to her to get their haircut. So I, I gave them a call. I said, can I, can I schedule a haircut? And of course, she said, sure. So we, we did that. And, uh, and she was my, my hair cutter for, for a couple of years. And, but after a few months, I had taken that for granted. Now, I also didn't have a car. And I, um, I, because I, I was just young, single, uh, I got everywhere on bike. Where I lived, I, you could bike everywhere and anywhere. And I had great legs as a result. I was a scrawny beanpole, but I had great legs. <laughs> and, and so... Uh, and I'd go to the to her for my haircut, and from time to time they were gracious enough to pick me up, uh, give me a ride to their house, um, because they, they weren't too terribly far, and and give me a ride home. Well, I had taken all of that for granted, and if memory serves, I don't think I was offering them like at first. I think I offered for you know a little extra for gas money and things like that, but. But after a while, it just sort of became, you know, this is what we do now every month, right? We get our hair cut and you pick me up and, and you know, well, they, they didn't, they, they felt a little uncomfortable coming to me because I was young and trust me, I was foolish, you know, and, they, and I think they were worried that, that I would be offended. So they went to the pastor and sought his advice and the pastor called me up and said, well, you know, uh, the, you know, they they, um, they they feel like you're taking them for granted. And, and you know, I think it would go a long way if, if you would express your gratitude. Uh, you're thankful for them, right? And I said, well, yes, of course I am. And they said, well, and he said, then uh, you, you need to make sure that you express that and, and so on. He was absolutely right. I was taking them for granted. Now, we can talk all day long about how that whole thing was handled. In retrospect, I think it was handled well because... Um, they they weren't sure how to handle it. They were worried how I might react. They knew the pastor and I, uh, the pastor was a, a, a very positive um, mentor and role model to me. And so they, they knew that, that I would not be offended if he talked to me um, based on what they said and so on. So, but I look back at that and realize that they taught me one of the most valuable lessons in life. And hey, if they're listening, I want to thank you too, because you know who you are. <laughs> and I am very thankful for this lesson you taught me, because it's a huge, huge lesson. And it's very simple, simply this, don't take things for granted. Don't take people for granted. It's very easy to do that. And make sure that you go out of your way to express your gratitude. My father passed away in the early 90s, and it wasn't lost on me. And, and I thought, yeah, you know, I need to be more thankful for the people in my life. I'm thankful for my mom, thankful for my, my sister, my extended family. I'm thankful for my wife and my kids. There's a lot to be thankful for. Now, as we're going through the coronavirus, I, I, w I had planned to say this. This was going to be my first topic starting this, regardless of the virus or not. Because I feel so strongly about this. I want to start a podcast in the most positive, best way I can. And the way I can do that is to, to express gratitude. Starting a new business venture. Start it off on the right foot. Don't just get business cards. Get thank you cards. Not saying you have to have them professionally printed, though that's great. But go, you know, to the store or go online and buy some, whatever. And just a, something simple. 
It doesn't have to be, you know, but just something simple that says thank you on it, or, or even just a plain card that you can write thank you notes on. Something that, that uh, mine are just plain white and they say thank you on them. Um, very minimalist. I, I tend to be a minimalist in my, in my business um, and so on. But something that expresses who you are. If you like flowers, get flowers. If you like birds, get birds. Boats, planes, cars, whatever. They're out there. Just get them. Buy a box of them, keep them at your desk, keep a writing instrument handy, and don't hesitate to use those things. Don't hesitate to say thank you to people, you know, or even more than that. Uh, next time you see your neighbor, say, you know, I'm glad that you're my neighbor and not somebody else. I, we really are thankful. We are very blessed that we have great neighbors on every side of us. And that's always a concern, you know, when somebody moves, it's particularly when the housing market was in a lot of flux a few years ago, wondering who our neighbors were going to be. And then we ended up moving and, you know, people are wondering, are we going to be good neighbors and so on? We just happen to always have good neighbors and we are very, very thankful for that. And we let them know that. We'll bake them the cookies or homemade pizza or just simply say, you know, I, we have great neighbors and we'll kind of look at them and wink and let them know, yeah, we're talking about you too. All right, so there's some things that we can do to express gratitude in our everyday lives. So I've given you some practical tips here. The journal, writing five things every day to be thankful for. Keep a mental cookie jar, mental bookmark, whatever you want to call it. Be sure to express gratitude wherever you can. And I'll leave you with this story. One of my favorite jobs, believe it or not, was working at a Wendy's Hamburgers uh, restaurant um, as a teenager, of course. I worked there for two and a half years, and, and as I said, it is one of, to this day, one of my favorite jobs ever. We had a great boss, we had a great crew, and our boss just taught me a lot about business, about building a, a good business culture, even in a fast food restaurant. We had the busiest Wendy's in the city, and it was infectious, the culture that we had in the crew. It, you could see it spill over during the lunch rush. We would get the people waiting in line involved, you know, in our, in our uh, banter. Um, just funny stories that I could tell without end because it was just such a great, great job. My favorite thing to do was to work the drive through window. I loved working the drive through window. It would still be my favorite thing. You know how this works. People pull up at the speaker, and I was always sure to talk clear because my parents that I'm thankful for taught me phone manners and to say please and thank you and all that sort of thing. Now, you may think, well, that sounds Boy Scout, or that sounds corny or antiquated. No, it trust me, it goes a long way. People could understand what I was saying at the speaker. And without fail, almost daily, and I'm serious, I'm not just blowing smoke and making this up, almost daily, almost daily, somebody would compliment me and say, you did a great job. You know, you made my day, how polite you were. I would have people come, literally, I mean, they drove through because of convenience, right? But they would, and, and I'm not saying this to brag, I'm saying this as an example to motivate and help you. These people that drove through out of convenience would park their cars, come in and ask for the manager or later on in the day would call and talk to a manager and say, whoever was working the window, you need to keep that person because they did a great job. They made my day. That's just what I didn't solve, you know, solve the world's problems. Again, I didn't come up with a cure for coronavirus or anything like that. I didn't cure cancer. But you can make somebody's day 
just by expressing gratitude, by being nice. So here's my last practical tip. You know how you go to Chick-fil-A, if you've been to Chick-fil-A, um, or, you know, and there are other restaurants that do this too, but they're probably the most popular. And so if you've been to Chick-fil-A, you'll, you'll know where I'm going with this, right? You, you, um, you place your order and you say, thank you. And what do they say? I heard you. I heard you say, my pleasure, right? And, you, you know, you go back for a drink refill and they give it back to you, say, thank you. Well, my pleasure. They, of course, are taught and trained to say that. Why can we not learn from that? Well, we can. We can have those rehearsed responses that we say to people. Now, is that disingenuous? Is it false? Absolutely not. You're rehearsing those responses for you to use genuinely when you are interacting with your customers and clients or with people in life. So let's learn a lesson from that. Having a rehearsed response is really important, and it'll save you from those awkward moments when you don't know what to say. Now, I'm not saying you have to say, my pleasure. I'm not trying to, you know, <laughs> turn us into the my pleasure um, robots or anything like that. But think of a way that you can express gratitude consistently in a way that, that is uniquely you so that it's genuine. And it may be my pleasure. It It may be... Um, hey, I'm glad to do it. Always glad to do it for you. I'm, I'm happy I could help you. Well, I'm here to serve. Whatever that is, to express gratitude to them. That's really, really important. Uh, it'll get your dopamine levels up. I'll leave you with that. I want to say thank you for listening. It it's, means a lot to me that you're there, and I hope it meant a lot to you. And this is going to be unusual for these podcasts because we are going to be talking about creating knowledge income. But I thought it was very important to start off with this topic. And regardless of whether or not there's a coronavirus in the world, I still would have started with this topic because I believe that strongly about it. At the end of my proposals, when I do proposals for clients... The very last page is blank, except for two words, thank you. And they're big and they're bold, because I really do want to express to them how thankful I am for the opportunity and privilege I had to present them with a proposal, or an estimate, or whatever. There are all kinds of opportunities that we have to express gratitude, and I hope that you'll be creative enough to find those, I know you will, and to express those whether verbally or on paper in any way that you can. Thank you again for listening. And remember to be smart, be good, be humble, but do it now. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Creating Knowledge Income podcast with your awesome host, Paul Erickson. Awesome? Really, Dad? Anyway, you can subscribe to his podcast, YouTube channel, Facebook, and Instagram at paulerickson.com. So smash that like button, hit that subscribe, ring that bell, face the Facebook, and Insta the Instagram. All right, Dad, that'll be $5.